Welcome to Studio 141 and the Coffee House. As always, I am Ryan Whiting, and I am here with my friend, my compatriot, the director to our feature-length film. Oh man, here we go. Yeah, call me, uh, callers up, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Collars up Stanley. Yeah, collars up Stanley, baby. That's what Col- I am. Collars up Kubrick. <laughs> Has a better ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I'm going to pull the collar down now because I just want to have it for effect for this one moment. Because, okay. you know, this was a thing in the 90s. Collars yeah. up. Actually, it would be like fully unbuttoned. And I, collars up. Like, I still do it. When you were, when you were a baller, when you were a technical baller, you had the collar up. Cantona. Uh, Steve Moncor, which is like a really bad reference, but I'm going to say it anyways. But a lot, a lot of those players had collar up because that was your baller, straight up baller. Yeah. Anyway, collar up baller, collar up baller, collar's going down now because because we're, we're now you're you're buttoning, we're buttoning up a little up. bit. I, I I let in too much and now I need to let it go. So okay, yeah, all right. I, I, we didn't we, we didn't have full chest hair popping out, but it was we were getting close. We were getting close, and I think you know we can't. We want to be PG. We we can't we can't we we got to get an OnlyFans if we're gonna do that. No, we have explicit on every oh, so every podcast. Oh yeah, no, and we swear like a lot. A lot. So, we do yeah. swear a lot. Um. So welcome. We are trying a new thing today. We just uh, I I had the impulse, our decision to decide to put this on video for the first time. Um. I think we'll make that available somehow. We well, haven't we're quite. Gonna, we'll put it on the YouTube's or do something weird with it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. And um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, we're 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 just gonna do this as one giant take, and we're gonna take it on from there. Hope it goes well. It could go horribly wrong too. Who knows? Maybe this whole recording is just a mess. Is gonna be terrible. It's it's entirely possible. Um, that I mean, that's like us. We do that. Yeah, we do that. So I guess we're going to be talking about the Premier League today. We're talking about it's going to be the bottom sixes. I think is where we're at right now. Yeah, it's like it's. I mean, it could be bottom eights, but at this point, like Crystal Palace has got what thirty eight now. Yeah, I think they're safe. They're I think safe. They're, they're, they're fair. pretty much safe. Free. We got Wolves at thirty four. They seem safe now. Yeah, you know, and uh, Bournemouth's at thirty three, which is like that's like where it starts to get a little weird, right? I yeah, I think that Bournemouth are probably safe now. They just need what a win or like four draws, and that's probably enough. Yeah, and then you have. Uh, uh, Everton, Leeds, uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, yep. Southampton, and Leicester City. Leicester City, and who is the other one? No, that's that's it. Uh, Wolves have thirty. Oh, it's because West Ham is uh, West Ham won again. Uh, yeah. They dominated Bournemouth uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and they're they're. I mean, they look free now. At this point yeah, too. West Ham's probably fine. I would say Wolves. Yeah. 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 Where it, so it's it's pretty much it's Burnmouth with thirty three down, but yeah. I think Burnmouth is also probably safe. So it's really Leeds through Southampton. Yeah, and then we'll look at we're going to look at the top and we're going to look at the uh, the top of the table uh, mm-hmm. because of uh, the things that happened over the weekend with Arsenal drawing again to Southampton, and it's feeling like Arsenal now has to start this gauntlet where they go. Uh, what is it? It's uh, Man City, Newcastle. Chelsea or Man City, Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton, and then Nottingham Forest. So yeah. those four games right there. That is that is the season for them. Yeah, that's that's it. And you can't really screw up from here. That's that's where if we're they at. Ha- if they win on Wednesday, because the game's on Wednesday, they win on Wednesday, it gives them the tiniest bit of leeway. But that's it. So they have to go to Newcastle and win a game at Newcastle. They have to go. Uh, they have to be Chelsea at home, and then they, they have to be Brighton at home too. 
Yeah. It's, a big, it's, a, it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be an easy set of games. And, I mean, City also has to be perfect, but City are sort of built on that. They just do that every year, so... I think this is going to be a very interesting end to the title race, because Man City have nine games in May right now, as it stands. Yeah, that's quite a bit. They have a lot of games in May, and there's a, there's an opportunity that they could really struggle um, in those last nine games, because they have had a couple injuries... Um, Ake is hurt, who has been their best one-on-one defender, and he covers a lot of a lot of mistakes that um, Manchester City do have at times with regards to defending or defending from in the back. And Arsenal can exploit those things. The problem is, is Arsenal can't defend all of a sudden. They gave up three goals uh, uh, on Friday to Southampton, and the worst team in the league. The worst team in the league, and they gave up like really like the first goal. Like Aaron Ramsdale gave up a really bad pass, and it was just really rough. And they went down 3-1. They yeah. came back. They scored two goals in the last two minutes of the match and tied it. And they, they went bars up on a, on a potential winner, yeah. which they really could have used. Yeah, and I think I, the thing is with Arsenal is that you can see with one player. Yeah. Good. Oh, I was going to let you finish. But, yeah, so their first goal I think is really important to understand where Arsenal is, that's the kind of goal you give up when you're feeling the pressure, right? When you're feeling it coming from behind you. I would say, I, I, the other thing I would say about that is as well is that it's a sign of um, how much William Saliba is important to that team. Yeah. It's a real sign of William Saliba being the guy that if he's not there, everything sort of falls apart for them. Because he's really good within possession of the ball, and he's really good, and um, he's really good off the ball. He always creates space for other people. He knows how to break lines with the ball, and he always covers up after like mistakes have been made in transition. He's really good at that, and you can really tell them that they really, really miss him, like more than they missed um, Gabriel Jesus, who has been a really good player for Arsenal this year. But they really miss. They really, really miss William Saliba. And I think you're. this is a, a thing for the summertime. So if they don't win the title, okay. It would be really disappointing. But this was way – they're way ahead than they would have ever expected. Right. They're, they're going to find two or three – maybe probably two center backs this summer to really make sure that there's no drop-off in level from where they were this time. Right. Second is still a very good result for this Arsenal side. Oh, of course, yeah. Best. There is never any shame in being beat for the title by uh Manchester City. They're just they're a destroyer. Especially this this version of Manchester City because they I think this is a more ruthless Manchester City than in the past. Yes. I think if this Manchester City played last year, I think Arsenal actually would win the title pretty easily because Manchester City didn't take chances like they did this year. This year they are ruthless. Like they know when to go for the throat and take it. They they know how to do it. They they do it differently this year than they have in the past. They're a little bit yeah. more methodical. They're not I don't know if they're as easy on the eye as they were last year, but but they're they're they find the results when they need them and they have game changers. They have guys who are going to win the game for you when you need it. Like Erling right. Holland is a game changer. Julian Absolutely. Alvarez is a game changer. Like and the way that they set up at the back, um has really given them the foundation so they could do those things more consistently. And they counter more than they've... I think this is the most I've ever seen Pep counter in my entire... It is a new kind of 
wrinkle because he used to they used to basically just sit on the ball when they had it like all right if you come take it from us we're gonna score on you right right Right. and now they'll get the ball in transition and i think part of it is playing to erling holland yeah like playing to his strengths and just kicking it up let letting them get out in transition because you have a guy who can score whenever he touches the ball with like one defender on him you can't stop him with one guy right Right, and he's got great speed, and he's also, like, really smart of where he plays in the box. Like, he knows, like, where he should be. Like, he doesn't want to drift out wide. He doesn't want to play, like, really deep. When you see Holland playing in the, in the center circle and everyone else is up in attack, you know that there there's something wrong in that Man City attack. And it has happened in the past. It has happened a couple of times where you're like, oh, something's not working right. Because he's not where he's, he's supposed to be. Right, he's not where he would like to be or where they would like him. Normally, he normally Pep is about positionless, like like soccer in a lot of ways, where like mm-hmm. players can go where they need to go to be effective. Um, but there are certain players that like that you want in specific areas, and Erling right. Holland's a guy you want in the eighteen, like in around the D and inside, in between those goalposts, so he can score chances. That's right, pretty, if you or, like, put it anywhere near him, else, yeah, yeah, so he can score goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think this is Man City's title to lose now. I do believe that. But I do think Arsenal have this opportunity to win right. it. You know, it, all it takes is they win this result. If they win this result against Man City at Man City, I think it would be a clear marker that Man City has to win out to win this title. Yeah. Even if Arsenal slip up a couple more times. Like, Man City would have to win out. And it's really important this head-to-head game that Arsenal win this. They can draw it, and it would be okay. But it means that Arsenal would have to win out. To stay because they technically they'd still be they they need city to drop points in the end but there's seven matches to go six matches to go in the six season matches to go in the season eight for city and uh we're, we're pretty much level you gotta it's it's getting tight at the top it's technically tight slightly below the top they're not catching number one and number two but three and four are are tied and um, while one of us is feeling a little bit of pressure, the other just gets to have a glorious time. Just a great celebration, weekend. Celebrations along everywhere. And here's the thing that I'm, I'm beginning to, um, to pick up on is um, this could be a really scary time for the Premier League. <laughs> because now that Newcastle, there's this opportunity that Newcastle could, could finish in the Champions League. Yeah. And, and what this means is that now Newcastle can spend some serious chendo. They weren't planning on it. Like, originally, they were going to try and keep it reasonable, reasonable. But if they make the Champions League, they're like, well, now we have to, yeah, right? Now have we to. have to bring in players. And for me as an Arsenal fan, I'm thinking, okay, this is they actually have to win the title this year, in a way. There's, like, part of me that's that's thinking, like, this is a title, this needs to be a title win for Arsenal in a way, because are they going to have this opportunity to win a title again anytime soon? But I think they're going to be okay because the way Mikel Arteta has built this team, they're going to continue to build, and I think it will be that time. And I wonder, this is where I wonder, like, Manchester City, like, are they going to have a low? Are they going to dip after this year? Because it feels like they're in a bit of a transition because De Bruyne is, what, like 32 now? De Bruyne They, they have some yeah. guys that are a little older that, that, that might not necessarily be... Um, like be able to perform at the highest level anymore. 
But then again, I mean, they had Fernandinho play till 36, and he was still really, really yeah. good at the end. So. De Bruyne is a big enough body and a good enough passer that if he just sort of wants to do that for the rest of his career until he'd 36, be he'd be fine. I just wonder if the speed is going to catch up. You know, like yeah. the speed of the game will catch up and they'll need to find different players that, you know, that well, will fit in that mold. They're already showing you where they're going to transition to. What, Grealish? They're, no, they're already in the in the process of it. It's oh, the Holland counterattack. That's Holland, where they're going to go. Alvarez, right. Uh, yeah, that could be. Uh, Maxine, I think that Maxine Perone, I think, is another mm-hmm. guy they signed. For, he's from Argentina. And I feel I have a feeling he's going to be this freakish, really freakishly good like midfielder that's going to come out of nowhere. Well, I mean, that's what City does. They paid nothing for him, by yeah. the way. They paid $8 million for him. And he's yeah. going to be a superstar. Well, the, because that's how it works. They can bring in guys who they're like, well, they're they're good athletes mm-hmm. and they are pretty good tac- technically, but we get them with Pep and Pep's going to be like, you know what? This is what you've needed to do all along. I will make you the best you can be. And then all of a sudden, hey, they're great. Weird how that works out. Uh, sort of similarly yeah. on a much smaller level, the best player for Newcastle right now is a $40 million pressing forward who is sort of a midfield destroyer yeah, he's now. he's become a number six, hasn't he? Uh, he's, so he's, he's like a 6'8". He's like a 6'8". Yeah. He does a little bit of both, and he's really good on the ball. Mm-hmm. He just can't. He couldn't score. That was a problem. Still really can't. He's done pretty all right this year, but like it's he's it's not, not his, it's not his strength. No. But he, you you lean him back, and he's like, oh, he can play out the back. He can break lines. He can he can press really hard. He wins tackles. He wins duels. Like he does all of those things. And you're like Eddie Howe saw something, and he was like, oh no, we're just gonna sag you back a little bit. Yeah, can no, just just play like you know, fifteen yards he's back. Huge. He's yeah. a brick house. He's a monster of a man. Not afraid to get involved. And he's not afraid to get involved. And the, and honestly, like, how amazing is that? So they spent yeah. all this money on this guy to be like their their superstar forward, and then all of a sudden he's become. He's he's their... sort of the like, well, Grimoresh is like the base of what everything is built on in that midfield. Mm-hmm. Joe Linton is the go out and do it guy. Right. They sort of sick him on opposing players. Like, hey, go uh, go make everybody's life miserable out there, all right? And the only downside to us being this good is that Joe Linton is not going to get the yellow card record. He's at 15. Right? How many does he need to make to it? 18. He needs three more. No he one. needs three more. And the thing is, is he hasn't really gotten one in like a month and a half. He's been on been playing so well. Yeah, he's been on fifteen for a while because he he legitimately when he fouls, it's not it's kind of like a getting involved thing more than it is a over exuberance thing. He knows what he's doing, you know. You don't get fifteen yellow cards on accident, right? Um, but yeah, so that's the only downside to us being great is Joe Linton's not going to have the most yellow cards of all time. So that's you know works for me. <laughs> You know, we That's take okay. Yeah, we you, you take your you take your uh you take your you, you sacrifice little things here mm-hmm. here and there to be to be at the top. You know? Yeah. And uh and Fabian Shar, another guy who's been there since uh, he's been there for like four years now. But like since they came up again, I guess? Yeah, he yeah. was he was with them in the in the championship. Yeah. Okay. And he um he has come up and just been like a ball playing phenomenal line breaking defender he's sort of the secret sauce is he can he can break through the entire midfield Mm -hmm. with a dribble and a pass 
every now and then he'll score you a worldie. So it's just it's it's heady times in Newcastle. Yeah. And you got Nick Pope who's been excellent for them. Yep. Like he's been such a good signing for really cheap for the most yep. part too. Like a really smart, savvy All, like Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's just great to to watch a lot of the players that we were like, oh man. Cause I've been saying for years, and Paul can attest to this, mm-hmm. like these guys aren't bad. A lot of them are actually pretty good players. We're just not a very good team and to sort of see these guys be in third right now with six games to go in the season is just you know smart investment smart manager smart analytics um Mm -hmm. and understanding what your players are and putting them in the best positions to win like eddie howe it's you're learning now that eddie howe what he did at bournemouth was really special yeah like the fact that they were relegated one year, he knew that there was a possibility that could happen at any time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's really special what he is as a manager. And, and if you're England, like, as an England, like, national team sort of thing, if, you know, he decides he doesn't want to take on that role anymore at Newcastle, like, he decides he's done. Yeah. If you're an English national team, you're, you, you have to ask him. You know, right, like he he's got to be on the short list of managers. He's number for, one. If I if I'm right. any if I'm any sort of if I'm any anyone at St George's, like I I would I would have to hire him as the English national. Especially manager. as some of the players you have right now start aging out, like Harry Kane, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You can kind of lean on the fact that Eddie Howe can look at the players you have and be like, okay, this is what we should be. Right. This is who you are, right? right? And he can bring along some of the younger players um, and turn them into a coherent unit, mm-hmm. coherent team, because that is ultimately the biggest strength Newcastle have. They play pretty well as a unit. Right. And they're very uh, Liverpool, Liverpoolian in the way that they play. You know, they play very Smash, similar. grab, run like they, hell. They run all, they're all over the place. They press hard. They win the ball back. But they don't play. They play pretty nicely sometimes, actually. And Alexander Izak has been a revelation in the last like two months. I yeah. think the reason why you're you've gone on this run is because oh Izak yeah, because has opened up the yeah. attacking uh the the attacking lever for you guys. All of a sudden, you guys like create chances and are creating chances to score. Joe Willock has looked like a different player recently too. Strangely, <laughs> well, um, he's so when you make the carnage with the with the forwards up front. Yeah, the thing with Joe Willock is he's and you know you're an Arsenal yeah, fan. Dude, um, he's like a great coming late into the box guy or a kind of like shuttling it out to the um mm-hmm. to those wingers and sort of connecting all that play he's just a connecting piece inside of that attack and then he can arrive late and, and cause chaos i think yeah he's been I and mean, the thing is is that he i think they found a play way to play him consistently now yeah. too where he's not having to do too much because i think Part of the problem that they had is that they had him doing a lot of work defensively, and and yeah. he does his work defensively. He it's not, it's not that he doesn't. I think now though he has a different, um, there's a different uh, set of um, tasks for him to accomplish, and I think it's been, I think it's been a huge, huge plus for Newcastle because he is a great. He's actually a pretty good attacking talent. Yeah, you know he's, he does he a lot scores, of things. He really can well. score goals. He can assist goals. He can connect play. He can hit mm-hmm. long. He can hit long. Uh, long De Bruyne-like passes from time to time. Not consistently, but he can still do it. I So I think, like, the thing with him is, like you said, he can hit those long De Bruyne passes. He, every now and then, will look like the best player on the pitch, Mm -hmm. but he's not 
ever going to be that guy all the time yeah Mm -hmm. he's just he's going to be a guy who can who can do that for you sometimes and that's fine and a side like this that's you need a guy like that who who's solid but then every now and then you're like oh hey he's just gonna win for us today all right for us cool yeah all right so do you think Newcastle finished third third or fourth I I want them to stay above uh Manchester Red um because there's a there's a there's a thing there which I know I've talked about. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, yes. you know, which United is on top used to be kind of our most important. You know, Sheffield mm-hmm. would come up and we we had to do better than them, and that's all that really mattered. You know, right. but they'll be back up too. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I think they will. I think they're going to finish above Manchester Red. Yeah. I'm going to vote with my heart. Yeah, vote with your heart. I think they'll finish. I think I'm going to vote with my brain and say they are going to finish above Manchester Red because Manchester Red has other things to play for. Yeah. They've got an FA Cup to play for, and it seems that fourth is solidified for them. So Champions League is essentially assured. And I think they would rather win an FA Cup, have the FA Cup and the, the uh, League Cup as a double because next year I think is going to be more of a struggle for them than this year well yeah they have the finals against city coming up don't they mm-hmm. yeah yeah they have cup, they have cup finals it's it's man red versus man blue which is the first time it has ever happened yeah and that's amazing. more that's probably more important to them than literally anything else this year they need to winning that match yeah i think what will happen is is ten Hag. this is this is kind of similar how um arsenal kind of were built is when arteta started is that they 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 did all right they he, they struggled in the league a little bit more, but they won the FA Cup, which was kind of a big deal. And they, they won it by counterattacking and winning less and and um, doing uh, more with less. And then the transition started to occur with like the players that they bought and things that, that they had as um, placeholders. And you're going to see the same thing with Manchester United. I'm not saying that they're not going to finish fourth next year or anything like that, but you'll see there are going to be struggles as they learn how to dominate games and control games in a different way. And so I think they'll go through this transition. I think next year will be a little bit more of a struggle. They'll they'll do all right. They'll do fine. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be not next year, but the following year where you're going to see them be a, like they'll start to really, really dominate. Like they're gonna, they could be a really dominant force, and where they're gonna like dominate possession and dominate teams in a way that are really that's really scary. Um, because Ten Hag is is a great coach, even though I do am somewhat annoyed and repulsed by him at times because of how he talks to the media and how he lies. But that that is sometimes what people need to do. So that is, I would say, part of the job, right? Lying is is an unfortunate part of the job. There's a very Belichickian thing about him in some ways, you know. Yeah, like he's he has a little yeah. gruffness that you 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 have in a way you respect a little bit because of, right. of who he is. Hey, as soon as as soon as a football manager starts just saying we're on to the next game to every question, right. that's when I'm like, oh, all right, this guy gets it. This yeah. guy's playing like, a game. Done. I'm not right. talking. It's like, oh, like everyone else like really is really like fortunate and lucky yep. and they suck so much. And it's like, oh, come on, <laughs> shut up. Um, but I get it. I get it. As yeah, manager, it's get it. very uh, Mourinho-esque in a way. Some In some instances, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, that, that that's definitely a thing. And, and Pep has those moments too, but it's yeah. a lot less. Pep is able to speak more honest because he wins all the time. Right. You know? Pep is is uh, incredibly gracious when 
his team is doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually usually pretty gracious when his team is also only not doing nice. okay, right? He's very clear. He's not afraid to, to speak out on, uh, when his team is doing poorly. Yeah, and he's very he likes to single out, and this is something I've noticed in a lot of his press conferences, single out an opposing player that mm-hmm. played very well and be like, you did great. You know, just like he, yeah, he likes to, like, yeah, he'll go up to yeah. you and he'll talk to you and do the whole thing. Yeah. Yep, call you out in the media. Like, hey, this guy's good. You guys should pay more attention to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, I guess, neat. I mean, when you're winning all the time, you do what you do what you can. Right. Like, right, no, this right. guy's cool. Um, do you want to go to the bottom sixes? Do you want to stop quickly in Oxford? And then go to the bottom six. Yeah, let's go quickly. We're wearing our Oxford stuff. We'll do like a quick five minute, three to five minute Oxford uh, thing. They are twentieth. Um, they are twentieth. Tied are, with twenty first. Yeah, they are tied, but up on goal difference. Up by, on goal by difference. Significant goal difference. Yeah. Twenty goals. Essentially, they need to just match the results of the per- to team below them, and they'll be okay. Three games. They have three games. Two against the in the bottom. Yep. Four there, I think. Right. Yep. Three games, that's the rest of your season. Oxford fans know it. Oxford team knows it. The coach has ultimately kind of done his job. He's gotten to a point where it's because he's new. Um, they st- where it's three games. It needs three games. If they win those three games, or if yep. they stay up, if they don't, then they go down. And we just hope they stay up. You just you just got to get draws. Just got to get draws. Well, just got to get draws. You need to get a win. One win. They need yep. a win against one of those. They need, a, they need to beat Forest Green. Rose, yeah, who are at the bottom of the table, they need to beat them. I think if they beat them, things will be a little bit. They'll probably be them. probably be safe. They, I hope that they'll be safe. But here's, but they have to. They have to. I would say the idea is that they win out. You got to have that mindset of winning out because if you don't, and you think like, oh, we'll just get the points yep. that we need, I think that could be doomed disaster. That's how you run into trouble. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope they stay up. Yeah, I hope they stay up. Me as well. Yeah, repping. Repping right here, right here with the ox, ox on the chest. Ox on the chest. Where is that? The so bull. Here. I guess it's the bull. I call them the bulls, even though like it, it makes no sense because the I mean, ox, the oxen, ox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand, but the it's oxens, also the oxens of Oxford. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm like, um, I'm king in the top there. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, no, yeah, they're they're oxes for whatever reason. Um, they're they yeah they're bulls 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 for whatever reason not oxes it's it very it's the same thing that's the, it same, is the same thing, thing. it's just the the Oxford United oxes yeah the oxen of Oxford United they have a cool bull mascot they do yeah it was floating around yeah I uh, I, I was looking at sweatshirts uh with the with the bull on it but they only come in kid sizes which you know could be funny yeah well I was I was gonna get it for the fiance because that was could be funny yeah because it would be right um (laughs) so that was our that was our oxford uh corner (laughs) let's uh let's shift down to the idea of some something small on someone like like uh like a kid's thing on an adult because it just feels like it would just the the hood is like it's just like too everything is too tight and it's like too small and you're like i can't (laughs) i can't actually move my arms or this whole thing will rip (laughs) i don't feel (laughs) so but everything else looks pretty good. So anyway, anyway, back to the bottom eight. Now I guess it's six. Bottom sixes. All right, I'll do my I'll do my reading. Need to read. 
I just spiked the camera. That was for you. Spiking! Hi, camera. Nice to see you again. In the bottom sixes, Wolverhampton Wanderers in 14th with 34 points. Bournemouth Cherries? Yeah, the Cherries. In 15th with 33 points. Leeds United. Leeds in 16th. With 29 points. The Lily Whites? They're the Lily Whites, yes. They should be the leaders. In 17th, (laughs) Leicester City. The Foxes. The Foxes with 28 points on goal differential. 18th, Everton. Everton, the Toffees, right? Mm -hmm. With 28 points on goal differential. Wow. 19th, Nottingham Forest Trees. Um... (laughs) No, they're like the Red Dragons, aren't they're they? The Reds. The, the Reds. Reds, the Reds uh, yeah. With 27 points. Or Forest. You could just call them Forest. Yeah. yeah. In 20th, and bringing up the rear, Southampton, dead in the water with 24 points. The you... Saints. The Saints. Saints. Oh, I was going to say, you don't get a nickname when you're bad. No, they're the oh. Saints. The Saints go. They sing that song. Yeah. I'm oh, I know. The Saints. Oh, I know. I go heard it. In. I heard it a lot I'm on Saturday. The Saints go marching. And- oh, yeah, there's Friday. Yeah, when yeah. I'm beating Arsenal. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, they were they were loud. They oh, were of course they loud. were. They were trying to help their team move up the table to try to you know survive, stave off the imminent elimination. They, as much as we've said that they're dead in the water, they actually are only like four points away. That's what I mean. I think right. this is going to go to the last day, and if they stay within touching range, like there's only a couple points away. Like all mm-hmm. it is is one win, and other teams lose, and they stay up, and everyone else goes down. And this has happened in the past. This yeah. has happened in the past, and it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. And if Southampton stays up, uh, they do this all again next year. Yeah. Nottingham Forest are dead. I'm I'm willing to say Nottingham Forest are dead. The thing with Nottingham Forest is it it feels they've lost four in a row now. Yeah, and it feels like they can't. They they this has been a problem all season. They yeah. just cannot. They cannot defend well enough. Yeah, even with Kaylor Navas in the goal, who has been really really good for them i know that they've lost a lot of games and he's given up goals but it's clearly not his fault he's done everything he's possibly could to do keep them up mm-hmm. they have a midfield and a defense uh, uh like a holding midfielder and central defensive problem that they can't fix yep uh we'll keep saying it jack colback and um yates are yates. not the answer it's not working yeah it's not gonna work yeah it's borderline suicide every week to do that now here here's the interesting thing. Everton, Everton, Leicester, Bournemouth, Leeds. Those are the four teams I think that are going to fight out for that final spot. Yeah, to be relegated. And it feels like Bournemouth could probably be safe with another win. And it the way that they play, they seem to find the 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 games that they need. Like they find ways to win games. Well, we not always like like beautiful, but they they. They nick results. They find a way to, to either draw games that they wouldn't necessarily draw. And... Yeah, yeah. They're um, we we've gone over over the last few weeks how Burnmouth's underlying numbers are skewed by a couple mm-hmm. of really bad results to like, very good teams. Sunday, Sunday is right. a great example of this. When they lose, they lose big. Yeah, so they lost four 0 to to West Ham. They they've just blown out of the water. But right, it's like they've had four or five games where they've just been completely blown out of the water. But otherwise, they've been real tough. I mean, Arsenal can attest to this. 
um, in a way, and other teams can attest to this. I think Manchester City, I think they, they no, maybe not, I don't know. But there are teams that they've played really tough in some. Yeah. Oh, they beat Liverpool. Yeah, you know, like they well, they gave... beat Liverpool, but they also lost to Liverpool nine like nine nil. Yeah, right? but they beat Liverpool at the same, yeah. you know, on the same token. So it's 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 not that they they have the ability to beat some of these these yeah. teams. So it's it's I, I think it feels that they're they're safe, but they could also fall back into this whole race right. Again. Which which burn myth are you going to get here in the final weeks? Final few, few weeks, and you know, Leicester leads Everton. That it. We uh, th- really th- comes we, down we to that. Better hope we are. I we are all rooting for Everton to stay up because I would really like for them to still exist. And I, I mean, it's one of those moments that that they need they need to stay up. And the thing right. is, is like, did the players have this in them anymore to keep them up? I. The problem is that we should have learned our lesson by now. Yeah, two years ago, they should have learned the lesson. In football, right? How many teams have done this where they have been in the top flight, they've overspent beyond their means because if we're successful, it will work. And then all of a sudden, they're in a desperate crisis. Right. And, like, it would suck if it happened to Everton. But Everton can ultimately rebuild maybe right like it's it's a it's a huge problem but like they wouldn't be the first team to be financially insolvent and have to come back up from the lower leagues it feels like they'd have to literally start from the very very beginning right and which would take about 20 years and honestly and they're building a new stadium you know they can figure that out I think with that support, that can be figured out. At a certain point, like if you're Liverpool, don't you kind of be like, all right, I guess we got to like quietly shuffle some money to help to help Everton continue to exist because it's better for you if they do, even if they're your somewhat hated rivals. The question I'm wondering is, is how, who buys that club? You know, because someone needs to. I, I, that's what needs to happen. There just needs to be new owners to to erase the debt and start over. How much? How much money do you think that you need to buy Everton? Half a billion dollars right now. Right, they're one of the largest clubs in the world. Half, a, but that's not even that much. I think right. in, in reality, for what that club actually is, that's nothing. Because right. the, the potential is they could be, they should be multi billion. Well, they how should much... be worth multi billions, especially with that new stadium coming in. They should be worth. Well, that's what I was going to say. How much do you think the um? The stadium is going to cost to finish. Uh, they're they're like two thirds of the way there, from what I've been told, or, or what I've been reading. It's probably like they're, they're moving. It's moving pretty quickly. Maybe at a hundred million, sixty sixty to a hundred million. They still have a left loan on for that. that stadium that's like in place and the whole thing. Um, yeah, the thing that would be a tragedy. A tragedy. Yeah, you love that word. I don't know why. It's silly. Saturday Night Live joke. It's tragedy. It's like an abomination. <laughs> it's like. It's uh, what's her name? Um, Cecily Strong, hmm. uh, doing uh, yeah. Anyway, as it, it was from uh, Weekend Update, it was a Weekend mm-hmm. Update. Now. Anyway, um, the thing with um, with that is that that could all stop. It happened at Valencia, 
Yeah. And they could also go down too, and they're in real trouble. That's another that's another they're actually Valencia and Everton are two very similar clubs. Valencia is the one with the uh American owner. Peter Lim. Yeah. Yeah, and he's that's a, turned it into a whole mess. That more than Everton is an actual tragedy. Yeah, it is a tra- they're both tragedies right now at this yeah. point. I think they're very running very similar ways and there's like a whole bunch of mess that's occurring and Yeah. And if you're Everton, if you if Sean Dice keeps them up like the a whole the whole thing next year is doing the same thing again. Just staying up. Just keep dice. Keep us, dice. Keep dice. Get the forty points. Move on with your life, and then start thinking about when you're in that new stadium. How do you rebuild from there? Yeah. Because that's the only way this is going to happen. Find and yourself I'm, a Solomon Rondon type. Put him up top. Be all right. This is the problem right now is that they can't score goals. Yeah. Because his name, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, is hurt right now, and mm-hmm. they really miss him. And the thing is, it's like they can't rely. If you're if you're Everton, mm-hmm. if I'm Everton, if you want to build money to to rebuild the squad, guess who you're selling? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is, it's like you could probably sell him to a higher side and get like an all right fee for him, but you could find guys who could play in that spot. And if you sold him to, I'm just going to take them because I know that he's probably going to be available. If you say sold Dominic Calvert Lewin to like Aston Villa or like Newcastle Something as like their that. backup, yeah. take back Calum Wilson, but right, get another striker, young, cheap, maybe bang you some goals in. Yeah, that's all you need. Right? You just need a couple guys to score goals for you. That's it. Like they, right. they don't need to be great. And, and Sean Dyche is decent at set pieces. They can figure it out after that point, mm-hmm. you know, and he can hold up the ball pretty well. You know, that's really. And they have, don't they? Didn't they sign Chris Wood too? Is that who they signed? No, he's at Nottingham Forest. Oh, that's where they. That's a guy. If I, if you were Everton, like if you had the chance to sign, is the guy because honestly, he yeah. he would have done just enough for you right now. He'd be doing those little bits and like winning the ball yeah. in set pieces, and he just he just didn't fit where, where Newcastle was going. But yes, he uh he's a fine player. He, yeah, he he fit Newcastle know. in the moment. Yeah. They needed him. So they paid like a fee, like $20 million for him. And he did the thing that they needed him to do was help keep him up. And we took him away from a relegation rival. And so guess what was, happened to them? They got relegated. They got relegated. Right. Yeah, because that was the one that was like mm-hmm. the one player that um, sort of was, could rely on at the time yeah. to score goals consistently. And then you took him away. And then all of a sudden they couldn't, they couldn't win games. And guess what? The same thing is happening right now at Everton. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really fearful of Everton right now. It's not looking good. Its situation is dire. Yeah. That is that is absolutely for certain. You just got to be better than Leicester right now, which I don't know if they have it in them. I think Leicester have it in them. The team that I actually think is is going to be the team that actually is going to lose out the most is Leeds. You think Leeds? Yeah, our American counterparts. I see. I just here's the reason why is that I've noticed over the last few games the consistency has gone way down. Yeah. And it feels like all of the work that Marcelo Bielsa put into that club has all gone. Yeah, I. Away. So I think their big their big mistake this year was getting rid of Jesse Marsh. At I this, at this point, it's looking that way, right? Right. He was okay. Were I mean, you gonna be here regardless? Yeah, probably. But you maybe be playing a little bit better. And honestly, I think you. I think they'd actually probably be slightly better because yeah. I would have won a couple games through sheer. You will. could be where like Wolverhampton is right now. Yeah, they'd be like thirty-five, I think, and yeah. then you wouldn't be in this problem. And Javi Gracia is an all-right manager, but is he the guy that's gonna win them, get them out of this this hole? Who knows? Maybe he puts them back in it. I mean, they got the they got the post like 
coaching change bounce for, for a few for like what three or four games right usually you need it for like 10 but then yeah it starts setting in that you're trying to run a different system and it's difficult and mm-hmm. you have to change everything and the guys don't know you and everything gets weird right and that's where keeping jesse marsh even if you're going through a rough patch maybe it works out there's a reason why in most sports managers are fired at the end of a season right it's um yeah. to quote bill belichick who I trust about coaching. Yeah. It was pretty clear that Matt Patricia was not working as offensive coordinator, but you know what's worse? Changing your offensive coordinator in week seven. Yeah, or during like a <laughs> bye week or something to that extent. Right. And it, it, it did come to a point where um, he was calling plays, but yeah. Belichick, he, he, was he took it away. Offensive plays because he knew how bad it was and he realized he made that mis- he made the mistake in in the off and during uh training camp he realized yep. it was a problem and but you know it's, it's had to live with it right they ended up almost making the playoffs they were a game out and they it was just like we did this to ourselves we'll be better next year here's yeah. hoping mm-hmm. right and at a certain point you kind of gotta you gotta do that and i think yeah. leads pulled the trigger too early i think that they would have been much like um Frank Lampard, yeah. honestly, with Chelsea. Oh, man, like that's another mess right now, isn't it? Right. I they mean, they just should have just stuck with Graham Potter till the end of the season and then right. moved on and just decided, you know what, we're going to finish 11th and we're going to, like, we we had a, we made a terrible mistake with Thomas Tuchel. And here's the other thing, too, is Thomas Tuchel was another guy. All these decisions are looking like they're backfiring. Thomas Tuchel gets hired by Bayern Munich after they fired Nagelsmann. And guess what? Nagelsmann's lost three games in his entire career at Bayern. And guess how many games Tuchel has lost in the seven games? Three. Three. Yeah. Ridiculous. So we're starting to reach the, hey, are we sure Tuchel's a good manager stage of of the Tuchel experience? Oh, the bias is coming in, isn't it? Oh, I I do not like Tuchel. But there's like, there's a valid reason for it. This this one, it it is looking a little bit more clear, Uh, like, or at least like, I think, the thing, the, he walked into a mess. I yeah. will say there's some player mess going on there. The signing of Sadio Mane has been really bad. It sounds it sounds more and more that they're they're looking to be rid of him. Four Same thing with Jao Cancelo. Even mm-hmm. though they brought him in on loan, they're realizing that this is this was a bad yep. idea. I think they need to clean house. I think Manuel Neuer needs to go. I think there's a lot of like little things that need to happen because I'm sorry, I know like the 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 the, the problems that he caused off the field are immeasurably have immeasurably more damage than what he can do on the field because like yeah. one he breaks his like skiing skiing accent yep. naggles and fires his coach and he freaks out about it right completely loses his mind over destroys it. the dressing room destroys the dressing room over it and in my opinion like you you're not you shouldn't be saved from that no like i'm sorry like it, no matter how good manuel Neuer is it's time to go like if if it's much like um belichick and brady in a yeah. way it got to a point where brady spoke out a little too much and Belichick's like okay it's time even yeah. if he still had a year or two left yeah um well he, end, he ended up having like four or five and two Super Bowls but yeah it, it's he like won one he only won one Super Bowl he went to a second one did he go to a second one I'm trying to remember something no, like didn't. that he won one definitely. yeah maybe it was a western what? yeah NFC but the, NFC yeah, the same thing yeah. like the same thing still occurs is that um yeah, that 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 you have to live with some. You have to you have to make decisions, and this is where I think Byron were made mistake. Yeah, you know they did sign Jan Sommer, yep. who I think is a great signing. He's an excellent goalkeeper yeah. and the perfect, like a really good fit for Nagelsmann and that right. and that team. And 
all you need to do is go like, hey, Neuer, thank you for everything. We're going to sell you off to, I don't know, Real Madrid or one of those teams that, you pick know. Pick someplace warm. Yeah, pick someplace <laughs> warm. Go to Spain. Go to Atletico Madrid. We'll send there, you wherever you want. Wherever you want to go. Pick someplace you know. warm. I know Atletico Madrid have a block and I'm, I'm right. just I'm just making, you know, comparisons or fine teams. Or you go to Italy and play at, um, right. you know, Juventus or... or What's south? Uh, Napoli. Napoli. Yeah, and they have a D. Yeah, they could. He yeah. could. Go, he would be their best keeper at Napoli for yeah. sure. Do you want to? You want to go play in? Uh... Play play for the Serie A title winners. Yeah, for be, a couple of years. Be great. Yeah, be great for them for 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 that. Go ahead. Challenging for the Champions League. Here you go. Yeah, have a great challenge time. for the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just you know it. it so that's where I think you know. Yeah, Bayern Munich have had this problem for. God, as long as I can remember, where it sort of seems like the dressing room is a large problem. It's the only the thing that ever stops them is themselves. Yeah. FC Hollywood. Yeah. That's and so stop doing that. Get rid of everybody who does that. Just what stop. Happened? I know it's, I know in this case, it's like a club legend in Neuer, but guess what? That has an expiration date. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And five years after his retirement, you can always reconcile. Yeah. Put a statue of him somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or do any. Yes. Name something after him. Right. Whatever. Like here is the no- here is the Neuer end. It's where he had his. It's like the home end right. that we used for like whatever. You know. It's or put a section in the stands. You don't even have to give him the whole stand. Right. 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 You can always reconcile those, but you can't let yourself be captive to. What can honestly be sometimes mercurial stars? This there's a whole rant in here somewhere that maybe we'll do a specific episode on. It's really big in the NBA right, right now. Right. The Nets essentially sold their entire franchise to uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And guess what? It was bad. It, it went, went very poorly. Yeah. Do not trust players to run your organization. Don't. Yeah. And anyway, <laughs> we should come back to back to the Premier League here because we kind of went on a little Bayern Munich rant, and um, it, I think it was more of just talking still about how about these it. coaches, these coaching changes, have had a really detrimental effect on every team that has had made these coaching changes. So, so to run it all the way back to the original point, I was actually talking about the first time Chelsea had Frank Lampard and how they got rid of him when they were oh all they right. were fine they were yeah. doing well yeah they I, I mean. I, they what they were they were third or fourth and they were doing fine. They were they in the Champions that, League and and they were still in the Champions League. I think they had they a couple bad Champions results League that year. So they, I mean, in some instances, they were redeemed for that just because they won the Champions League that one year. But for longevity, it doesn't really help them all that but much. But it's not entirely clear that they could not have done that with with Frankie Lamps, right? Like it's possible they win the Champions League anyway. They were an incredibly talented side yeah. that were pretty up and down, even with Thomas Tuchel, right? And it's like the grass is always greener with these managers because you want to make a splash, but sometimes you just got to accept, hey, maybe we're only in seventh this year because there are a lot of really good teams and we can try and rectify that in the offseason. Who did they lose in the offseason too? They lost Rudiger, right? Yep, they lost some guys that like dressing room players. Yeah, that, you know, like they were good on the field, but they're also very good off the field, and those things have a huge effect. And mm-hmm. then you're bringing in a ton of players. How many players have they brought in since the spring? Like like thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, it's a lot. 
It's a lot. I don't think it's they have enough to space. Embed, they have like, what thirty four players in the senior team, something yeah. ridiculous like that. It's it's too much. They don't have the space. And Potter complained about it many times. Right. I mean, there's a whole bunch of that that whole Potter thing. And I realize now why they fired him because there was a whole mess of like the players not necessarily respecting him and this right. and that and whatever. And I can understand them firing him for that for that. But right. yeah, they. But that's also like. This is also, yeah, this is also another, like, the owner, like... Your players should respect the manager that comes in. Mm -hmm. Just sort of, like, to start with, because he's your boss. Right. And I know it's different from, like, a regular job, right? You can kind of tell, like, oh, this guy might be overmatched. But guess what? You still got to play for the guy. Yeah. And even if it's not going to work, you can know that. And you can be like, hey, man... This probably isn't going to work out for you. I'm going to do my best, though. And he has an impossible job. Management ownership has brought in too many players playing the same position. Right. It's impossible to know who you're supposed to be starting right. and why on any given week. It's going to go poorly for Frankie Lamps as well. But it's like there has to be an inherent level of respect for the guy who has the job. Otherwise, it all falls apart. Right. And players kind of got to know that as well. I can't think, I don't think it's just a one-way street where, like, you have to earn the respect of players. I think that, like, you have to, in many ways, like, kind of understand that the only way this is going to work out is if if we're all in it together. Right. Um, even if it's bad. Even if we ultimately end up in ninth, because there are a lot of good teams this year. Topoli it treated Chelsea like an NBA team. He thought that he could just buy the best talent and yeah. it would turn, they would figure it out and that they would be the best team in the league. And the problem is, is that it doesn't work. Uh, Premier League football and just football in general is not built that way. Too many teams have too much data and too much, um, they work too hard and fight too hard in order to do that. In the NBA, it's a little different. It feels that it's a, at times it can be a little different. But for the most part, yes and no. Yes and no. There's yes and no. I think in that. But so I, I, I have two two examples to both. Um, right. So one, you can't just buy a ton of players. Um, like the Suns right now are struggling because Kevin Durant, probably the guy who can like slot in and play on any team the most. Yeah. Of like any player in the uh, in the NBA. Um doesn't quite fit in with the team yet. Like everybody's still trying to figure out how to get him going in the flow of play. That's fine. So they're struggling a little bit on that. And then the flip side, it can work in soccer will sort of be real Madrid where they can just like the problem for Chelsea is they don't have the best players. They just have a lot of the very, very goodest players. Well, I will say this about Real Madrid is that the lot of the guys that they still have there have been there for a long time. Right. You know, they, they, they still have continuity. And I right. think this is like a, this was a thing 20 years ago when they did the Galacticos era too. Even then, and they didn't even actually do all that well. They only won, I think one title in that era. Yeah. You know, not one La Liga title. They didn't win a champions league. Like the, they did win a champions league with Zidane in 2002, but like with Ronaldo and Beckham and mm-hmm. they did the whole thing. They didn't win a champions league in that, in that era. Right. You know? And so for me, so there is, they actually have a, a, a side of the good and a side of the bad with yeah. regards to that. And I think now they see that they have to invest early and keep the players that they have. Because Modric is, what, 36 to 37 now? Yeah. He's aging. Cruz is aging. 
but they're keeping him for another year. He just signed another year extension. Um, and they have these players that have been there for a long time, so they know this Real Madrid way, quote-unquote, even though they bring in coaches left and right all the time. But there yeah. is like a, there is a, some kind of system in place in order for them to be effective. And um, so I think they're the big thing for them that they've learned is like the Vinicius Jr. thing. Yeah. They brought him in at 18, right? They're yeah. like, you're going to be the world's best talent, one of them. Right. So we're going to bring you in early and you're just going to become the Real Madrid way. We need you to to be seeped mm-hmm. in the locker room and the culture. You need to understand what it is early so that when we bring in some of these other guys, they can look at our most talented player and right. be like, that's what Real Madrid looks like, right. Right? right? And that's why they, I mean, one of the reasons they've went after Kylian Mbappe is to try and do that for him. Kamavinga but... is another guy. Tuameni is another guy. Like, mm-hmm. they, they do this. And uh, Endrick, I think, is also another guy. Mm-hmm. I think they have signed him. I, I, I don't want to... Tuameni was a, was a great pickup for many. them. I mean, yeah. so is Kamavinga. Kamavinga can play anywhere. Like, yeah. he can just about play anywhere and be really effective. I mean, he's... To me, I like... I mean, I like Tuameni, but I think I like Kamavinga just a little bit more. But I, I'm being, always partial to sixes. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love me a, a player who can play in multiple places yeah. and come up and play right back or left back or defensive center mid or attacking center mid. He can do it all. Yeah. And he's only 21, I think, or 20 years old. He's super young. He's going to be a freak. That's why everyone wanted to buy him when he was 16 when he first right. came out for Ren. Anyway. Um, I We've well and truly lost the plot I now. think if the camera messed with us here. No, nah, that's fine. I mean, we're just... We're, we got... We got on a roll and we kept going, but I, you know, this feels like who's we, relegated. Uh, Southampton. Southampton. I'm still going Leicester. Leicester, Nottingham Forest. You. Yeah, I'm gonna go Southampton. I, here's the thing, though. It's not for sure. It's not for certain. I've been the only. I they feel like they, they the have climbed back up a little bit. I'm the only guy who's. I, I feel like of the two of us that I'm like they're not dead yet. They're still not dead yet. It's they feel like um the Black Knight and um and um right. Monty Python. It's like his arms is Tis off, but a scratch. Like, Tis but a scratch. He's still yeah. there. Um, his they arms were... off. Your arms off. He's like oh, tis but a tis but a flesh. Wound. No, it's not. Tis you but a lied. Uh, <laughs> and then. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Leeds United. You think it's Leeds? So Southampton, Leeds. Are you going to do it? Everton. Yeah. I. Everybody knows. I'm. I'm only. I'm almost hoping I'm doing this in reverse psychology, and that they'll win right. a bunch of games, and that they'll stay up. But right. something tells me that the existence of Everton and the Toffees are no longer going to be there, <sighs> which is heavy. And should we, and, and, and on, on that terrible disappointment, on that terrible, terrible, somber ending on this gray Monday here in uh, Western Massachusetts, we shall depart. Now you're playing to the camera. Mm. Well, I, I, I kind of looked and I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I just smiled at it. Oh, hi. Hey. To our first time in front of the camera. Uh, and to seeing our studio for the first time, all hail the trash fire. This has been 141 Studio. All hail the trash fire. Don't fire your managers. Thank you for listening.